what's up everybody? We are back here again with another show for you guys. So today uh, we're gonna be talking about a really, really awesome message that PD gave this past weekend. Um, but before we do that, just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Easter. Guys, it's happening. It is so, so close. We're super excited. A lot of planning's going into it. Hope to see you guys there. It's gonna be an absolutely amazing and wonderful time. So hope to see you guys there, but you, oh, that yeah. just made me realize I, I even suggested doing Easter, but when you said that, I just realized Easter wasn't celebrated like it is. I mean, oh, like it is. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> but before before people like in the early church, every Sunday was a celebration. Like they like Sunday was the Lord's Day because it yeah. was the resurrection. So like mm-hmm. they celebrated like we celebrate on Easter every Sunday. And then later on, it was it was hundreds of years later that the annual celebration of Easter became a thing yeah. and commemorating that day in the year as opposed mm-hmm. to recognizing that day every in Sunday. Week. And yeah. just like, can you even imagine that kind of energy coming to a Sunday morning? Man, I kind of want to do it. I mean, we should be can like we, we try. Yeah. 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 So, hey, definitely. this Sunday we're celebrating Easter in Hope Valley. Yes. <laughs> But the calendar won't acknowledge that for another five weeks. Yes, but even in that five weeks, yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. Four weeks, four, whatever. Some, yeah. Something like that. Time, yeah. time exists. Awesome. <laughs> well, that was a bit of an interruption, which was actually appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, because, you know, interruptions, man. Like, I, I was in the, the, the congregation this week, and I got to sit down, and I'm actually, my notes are the notes that I took in the sermon, so I'm super mm. excited. You said some, some really really awesome stuff. I I will say this. I love the way you started off the sermon because everybody kind of had their own, (laughs) you kind of got people's minds. Yeah. You started with a story and it kind of had people's minds like going and going and going and going. And it really kind of teed up like this survey of scripture that you did. And I mean, me personally, I was just kind of sitting there like, Oh snap. Oh snap. Oh snap. Like as, as we got deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. And then you ruined a bug's life for me, but that's, we we, we can talk about that later. Um, but man, tell us about, you know, interruptions. I know, you know, Bishop Brett was supposed to preach. Yeah. This was like out of your devotional time type, type thing. So (laughs) it it, it was good. So his life was interrupted. So our life was interrupted. Yeah. There you go. So our sermon series was interrupted. (laughs) It was just full of interruption, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately about why people become disen disenchanted with the church or disenfranchised with Christianity. And I think one of the main things that happens in our lives is that we, we expect that, that we're going to say yes to Jesus and things will get peaceful Mm. and things will be easy. Yeah. But then when you look at scripture, you realize, Oh, wait a second. Like a peaceful external circumstance is not something that the Bible promises. Yeah. Certainly there's a sign of blessing that there are seasons of that and moments of that, that highlight and punctuate our lives. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, I mean, the, the story of the Bible, the, throughout the whole thing, it's people's lives being interrupted and yeah. it's interrupted a lot of different ways. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like interrupted, uh, by God stepping into a circumstance interrupted by our own pride or selfishness or greed or anger by mm-hmm. other people's pride or selfishness yeah. or greed or anger. Yeah. And you know, like, so, so it's like, in just or circumstantial things like yeah. nature and like our lives are, are interrupted and the Bible doesn't promise an uninterrupted life. So the story that I told, it really did preach its own sermon. It, it really did. But like, it was from the, it was from the uh, a podcast that I had heard earlier that week where they were talking about how hermit crabs 
uh, are difficult to breed in in captivity because they need the chaos of the ocean mm. uh, to grow up strong enough to survive That's on wild, on man. land, right? Yeah. So they need mm-hmm. the chaos. But then the the scientist who was describing this was saying that. Um, that the chaos that the hermit crab needs is different than the chaos that maybe some other fish that might be in the same space need, which is different than what maybe some other crabs need. And so they all need something different, but they all get what they need from the chaos of the oceanic environment. And so, you know, like, and and then I took liberties with their finding and said, you know, like from chaos comes the opportunity for fullness of life. Yeah. And then, you know, like as I was listening to that podcast, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's the story of the Bible Mm -hmm. from, from Jesus speaking light into existence. Yeah. Right. And and like interrupting the darkness with light. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never thought about that that way. It's just like, you know, there was already this, this void and this darkness Yeah. and it was this, like completely violent interruption and God was like, no, we're doing this on my time now. This is how this is going to be. So that was, that was just a really great analogy. So yeah. So the Bible starts with like the very beginning of it is an interruption and then it continues all the way, all the way through. Yeah. And so, uh, God loves to use the interruptions and the chaos of life to bring about his greater purposes, but also so that our lives, so that we can, um, so that we can walk in the uh, fullness of life that he desires for us to have from the very beginning. Yeah, no, that's real. And I mean, you know, I mean, personally where my mind went with that aspect of the hermit crab story and like, you need this chaos to thrive and you need all these things. I mean, growing up, that was like, you know, you need to be strong. You need to have hardships so that you can get through all of the things. But the way you described it was this aspect of that, that chaos and that hardship being leveraged for our greatest glory, not just to make our muscles bigger, not just to, to give us kind of this internal gumption to be like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to be strong. We're going to make it work. Um, but how God uses it in our day-to-day lives to really leverage our own glory. I mean, I think our own good, yes, yes, no, sorry, misspoke. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, you even talked about one of the memes that's going around online right now. <laughs> <Have long. laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> I, that went so badly. It, I don't know if I described it wrong. Yeah. So if you listen to it, I bombed it. Yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah. this this guy's like there, and he's like, "It was fresh baked pie." It was just like, "Oh well, there's one for the oh, dishes." Oh, there's, 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 there's a bunch. Oh, there's a bunch. Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, so it's like, yeah, God did the dishes, and she goes in, and she's like, "The dishes aren't done," and she goes, "You know," and he's yeah, like, "Yeah," because yeah, yeah. God doesn't make. He doesn't do the dishes, yeah. and he also doesn't make women pregnant without a husband. Exactly. So yeah. No, it so was, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, check out the sermon. Um, but I, I bombed. I totally. I like. I was so bad. <laughs> so bad. I was like, that's what I get for not having enough. Like, not having enough time to prepare. Right. Like, you yeah. know, I'm pulling from things. I'm lucky. That's as crazy as it got. <laughs> I think we're all lucky. That's I mean, as crazy yeah, as it, it could have got wild. Um, so, but but even in that in that vein, you know, when people, you know, day to day life. 2023, Denver, Virginia, wherever you guys are watching this at home. Um, how do, how would you suggest people leverage, or not leverage, but, but walk in that chaos peacefully? Because I know you said there's not this promise, yeah. this external peace, yeah. but an aspect of internal knowing and understanding of what, what God's doing. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a, a study through Exodus right now. And I just think it's really, really funny that like, I'm getting near the end of this, this freedom of Israel out of Egypt. And like, they were, 
wanting to go back. Yeah. They're like, why did you bring us here? We were better off <laughs> yeah, as slaves. So much better. And like, there's this interruption there, but they couldn't see the divine thing that was happening on the other side. Yeah. So where many of us might find ourselves in following Jesus and thinking, man, slavery was better. Why are we here? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. What would you suggest to be able to find the peace in that moment? Because God's it's, definitely moving. Yeah, he's definitely doing anything. I, I, even hearing you say that, it reminds me that the interruptions, while I listed a lot of interruptions that are bad, with the exception of, or, or how the interruptions are bad to us, mm-hmm. uh, even what you're describing is that the interruption of freedom was confusing. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, oh my gosh, we're free now. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we steward this? Yeah. And like, it's uncomfortable. Like even walking into freedom is an uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's just important to recognize, but in terms of finding peace in the midst of the chaos, um, I want to first say that in terms of what our expectations can or should be, um, expect for the pursuit of peace in circumstances to be a lifelong endeavor. Mm, Right. So it's like, it's like, I think that we're all looking for this, like, they're not Christian terms, but like a Nirvana, like right now mm-hmm. or this enlightenment that does like, like right now mm-hmm. that we're looking for something right now that will never lift. And then when chaos does enter, it does leave the realm of the external and come internal mm-hmm. or sometimes when chaos starts internal. Yes. <laughs> or, yes. Right. Like, yes. like sometimes it's just my own anxiousness. Um, but we, we think that we failed or that our faith isn't strong enough or God isn't good enough or, or but that's not the case. That's just part of the human experience mm-hmm. is learning how to um, seek the face of God in the midst of chaos. And I wish I wish we had the discipline to chase him down when things were as peaceful as we do when things are chaotic. Yeah, no, that's real. Um, and I wonder if if maybe we did that more easily we wouldn't find ourselves in this merry-go-round, like mm-hmm. in this, in this cycle. But, um, so in terms of expectations, just expect, just, just buckle up for a lifetime of, of having to continue to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's and, good. and it's kind of like weightlifting. It's like when you're young, you learn, you learn to find peace in the chaos of having a, a teacher mm-hmm. who assigned you some homework you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. And some, classroom dynamics yeah and then you grow and then you know the the pressure increases and then as Mm -hmm. we grow into maturity and it's work and it's adult relationships and adult longings Mm -hmm. right for marriage or not marriage but like for retirements and you know if somebody's um blessed with singleness they'll have to navigate those dynamics somebody's blessed with marriage they've got to navigate those dynamics and and so it's just kind of it's a lifelong pursuit, but I think the number one thing, there was a long caveat, but yeah. I think the number one thing is to recognize that God is the one who's in, who's superintending over all of creation all the time. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's in charge. Like, even though we are not, it feels like chaos to us because we don't understand. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right. So, so, um, even when I talked about Jesus, I said the, it, it, it appears to us, it seems to us that his life was constantly interrupted. But to him, it, it was, was divinely not. orchestrated. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. he was orchestrating these moments. He mm-hmm. was orchestrating the timing. Yeah. Like he was. He, he's sitting there like, and three, two, yeah. one. There it is. Yeah. Got it. And awesome. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the mm-hmm. woman at the well. Like, yeah. guys, mm-hmm. that's why we're going 
the roundabout way yeah. because we've got an appointment that you don't know about because I'm orchestrating this thing. Mm-hmm. But to everybody else, it felt like an interruption. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's probably helpful to know that um, not to devalue our human emotion or experience of circumstances, mm-hmm. but to know that um, God is in control of things. I, this is something that I realized sometimes. Like, like sometimes I learn something new. Like there was this time early in our marriage where we learned that we owed... Uh, a lot of money in taxes, like so much money in taxes. Yes. But in one of, in a bright spot in my relationship with Jesus, I was like, like, it was like, I nailed it. Right. Um, I was like, you know what? God wasn't surprised. Like he knew that the debt was there. Yeah. I didn't know the debt was there. Wow. Yeah. So for, for, for God, nothing changed. Yeah. And so why was I going to let everything change for me? Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. And so, so I think understanding that we serve a God who is superintending over all things, mm-hmm. Colossians one by him and through him, all things were created on earth and in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. So like he is the initiator of things. He's the holder together of all things. Yeah. And in revelation, we realize that all things are going to him. Yeah. So I think it's just being like, for as out of control as it feels to me, mm-hmm. I trust that it is in, it is under the control and the supervision and the foresight of a, of a compassionate, tender, just, righteous, and holy God. Yeah. Does that answer your question? No, that, 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 that is a really long answer. It, it was. It's, it's basically <laughs> realizing that God's in control, and he's not surprised by any of the things. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> no, you did. You did. You, you know, that, that is what you said. And it's just like, I think I love the, I mean, even the, the example that you gave of, like, God knew that the debt was there. Yeah. And there really is a comfort to that, because, like, we freak out in the natural. It's just like... Oh my gosh, I owe all this money. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, how would you say, what are, what are things that you would suggest people do to remind them that God is still there? Oh, I mean, this is going to be that clanging, like just not a clanging symbol in a bad way, but like the, the bell that I constantly ring. More cowbell? More cowbell, baby. More cowbell. So, I, so we are reminded that God is in control and we consult the word and you see that he was in control all the way through all of the chaos of scripture, he was in control. Mm -hmm. So that's our primary source of revelation of God because it's, uh, it was inspired by him. And in second Timothy three 16 talks about how it's, it's profitable to teach and instruct and train and rebuke. Right. So it's helpful helpful for all of those things. So we got to go to like the word is going to help us see that Mm -hmm. right in a way that is concrete. Um, and then relationships. Yeah. Right. It keeps coming back to relationship for me. Like what I'm not able to discern on my own through the the witness of scripture and the witness of the Holy Spirit pressing on my heart, mm-hmm. reminding me of what's true. Mm-hmm. Right. The spirit of God speaking to me, the word of God speaking, like the, the scripture speaking to me, um, revealing the word of God to me. What I can't get on my own. I, I am so grateful that God has placed us in community mm-hmm. because other people's testimonies remind me of the faithfulness of God, Yeah. right? Other people's current experience, past experience and current strength and current insights help me understand that. Now I will say that when we got that debt, I already had in my heart, I didn't remember this until just now. I already had in my heart, um, a deposit from a friend named Brian mm-hmm. who had a company that went under, he had a, like a bad business partner. It went under and he was carrying six figures of debt Oh wow! for this company. And he, he was like, I'm going to pay it off for the rest of my life. 
He goes, but God is good. And these are just numbers. Wow. Right. So, so like I already, so then I learned that when I was maybe, my gosh, I was probably 15 years old when he said that to me. It was Brian Schweppe. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was six digits. Yeah, yeah, It was was a lot of debt. And he he was, but, but he's like, he, he was like, I carry this, I carry this debt, but God is good. And these are just numbers. Wow. And he deposited something in me to trust God with our, my, with my finance, with my finances forever. Mm-hmm. So in times when we've had debt and times that we've had abundance or like, you know, I'm, God is still good. Mm-hmm. And these are just numbers. Yeah. So I'm not going to take comfort or com- I'm not going to take my confidence in what my bank account says or my debt, sh- my debt sheet mm-hmm. says I owe. Yeah. And so the people of God is a primary reminder of what God wants to wants us to know through his word and by his spirit. That's good. No, that's really good. And I think it's really cool that God being sovereign and God being all the way in control, you were 15 when you got that deposit. So he kind of saw it coming. He goes, Hey, just, you're going to need this in like 12 years. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to put this right here. What's that for? Ah, oh, you'll find out. You'll, you'll yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. yeah I, I, I literally, I, like even in this conversation, I'm remembering where I was. I like, we were standing in the sound booth in Huntmar Park off in, in a, in a leased building off Huntmar Park drive mm-hmm. running sound. He was doing projection and mm-hmm. grace coming to church. And, and it was like, it was like, I just remember these conversations we would wow. have. And he brought me in on, on his life in that way. And I remember just being like, that's a lot of faith. Right, like yeah. this guy, he's either insane or loves Jesus, yeah. or a little bit of both. Yeah, which but, isn't bad. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, like, and 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 there was a deposit that got placed in my heart at that time that it's given me confidence in his ability to protect me, provide for me, care for me, um, in every kind of circumstance. Gotcha. That's yeah. man, that's good. That's really that's really good. That's that's actually super encouraging because you know. And just the idea to, even in our current relationships, knowing that somebody might not necessarily give us the answer that we want right now, somebody right. could have actually already given us that answer. And like really looking back and like saying and examining what God's been doing and what testimonies we've heard and what what hope has been instilled in our hearts already from 15 years yeah. ago yeah, to yeah, 12 yeah. years ago, however, you know, three weeks ago kind of thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's really, really, really encouraging. And even for me, it's just like, okay, cool. What, what should I be examining in those yeah, times? Yeah, like, yeah. obviously go to the word, yeah. be reminded there. But I've, I mean, I've heard miracles. I've heard all types of yeah. amazing testimonies. So yeah. do our, our, our minds go to the earthly issue or do our minds go to the heavenly promises? Yeah. So, you know. And just to clear, I mean, that, that is, I think of it, Brian might've had four digits of debt. <laughs> <laughs> To my fifteen-year-old brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, it was a lot. Like, it was a lot to you. I, I, should, like, I should probably call him and be like, "How much was it?" <laughs> like, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, it was like a thousand bucks, bro." <laughs> like, like, so funny. But I know, I do know that the impact it left on my life was has changed me forever. And, and that's the amazing thing. Like, it left that impact on you. So yeah. that, that's great. Um, you know, again. This is a last minute you're preaching coming from your own devotional time. So I'm sure there were things that were left on the cutting room floor that you maybe wanted to say, didn't say, did say, didn't want to say, like, like what, what were, what were those things? Like, well, what? So, you know, so what's funny is, so it was a 40 minute sermon mm-hmm. because I didn't have more time 
to pare it down. Yeah. So there's stuff that I, I think I would have left out, stuff that I would have amp, like magnet like amplified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had talked about Ruth and Naomi mm-hmm. as their lives being interrupted because their their lives were interrupted by loss. Yeah. By by death and mm-hmm. and and but because of their disruption. Mm-hmm. Jesus, like they, they became like part of the line yeah. of Jesus' yes. birth, right? So like, like their, their loss turned into kind of a big deal, um, a really big deal. <laughs> and they got a book, of, she got a book of the Bible, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, uh, so that's something I didn't talk about that I was like, I had intended to, yeah. and, and it didn't make my, didn't make my notes. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, in, in since Sunday, I've been reflecting on just the interrupted life because it wasn't a sermon. It was just something that I was praying about, measuring, considering. But when I, since Sunday, I was preaching not just to other people, but also to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been encouraged to see chaos and interruption all over scripture. Yeah. And, and even seeing, even understanding, like even today, like in this podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm learning that like, oh my gosh, even the good things were interruptions, right? Like yeah. even the good things were difficult. Like Mary and Joseph, Jesus, like Mary becoming pregnant with Jesus, like what a wonderful problem. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> right? Like, like, so like, it's so good. God is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah God is like right here. And it's, but it's a disruption. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I think that really. I think the sermon's just getting longer and longer and longer. Wow. Because I'm realizing that the whole thing was like how much yeah. disruption and um and really it's it's really a matter of of God using absolutely every kind of thing that exists mm-hmm. to like leveraging every kind of thing for our for our benefit. Yeah. Right? Like loss and gain, um, shame and hope, longing and promises fulfilled. Like mm-hmm. it's just this pattern. It's just this rhythm yeah. that, that he's the, the churning of the ocean to cultivate an appetite and a hunger for the things of God yeah. that only he can satisfy. I mean, yeah. it's just, so yeah, nothing, I wouldn't, I don't think I, I, I don't think I left anything out only, only what I didn't yet realize. Mm-hmm. Right or what I didn't, I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But I wish I had included Ruth and Naomi, um, and I, it makes me wonder which one, like, what would I have cut so that they could fit? And I'm not sure which, which one I would have cut. I definitely told people to steal a donkey and steal a car. Yes, that was or yeah. steal a donkey. No, and you said lunch. yeah. <laughs> I did I had to say steal a car? So, I, and, and, like, I wish I hadn't said that either. I mean, I almost went and stole a Tesla. Just so you're aware, when you said that. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to go steal a Tesla now because. <laughs> yeah, maybe wonder if, it, if yeah, is, is, is a Tesla the equivalent of a donkey? That's something I was thinking about Sunday night. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's probably not a Tesla. It's probably more like a Ford. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just or a good, Like yeah, a Honda Civic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I don't know what the, the Tesla would have been. Mm. Camel? Can't, maybe. maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. You did make the disciple sound, sound a little gangster. Yeah, I did. I a, did. That was bit. like on purpose and an accident at the same time. You know, it, like, it was, it was great though. I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, knew, like, I knew Peter got down. Okay. Yeah, what is the kids? What is the kids role in this? Right. So yeah. this kid has his lunch and, and it just says they had this kid's lunch. 
we have no idea how they got it, right? Like, were they like collecting food from yeah. the crowd? Like, did they just go take it from yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this. It's like, hey kid, what's that? What size is that lunch, bud? Yeah, like, what's that? <laughs> what's, what's that? What's this good looking? How many fish you got there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's looking, that looks real good. I love it. I love it. No, that's that, that's amazing. Um, you know, you said something. You said something a minute ago, and you, you said even as you were continuing to reflect on the sermon <laughs> itself. You know, when people are, are hearing the sermons, when they're hearing the podcast, when they're hearing these things that, that we're talking about, how would you say to go about the, the actual reflection? You know, because oftentimes it could literally oh, just question. be, oh, I heard that. Cool. I'm good for the week. I really don't have to interact with it anymore. Yeah. But the aspect of of reflection, it's it's kind of like a Shrek thing. It's, it's got layers. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah, peeling yeah, back yeah. more and more and more. And yeah. as you peel back more and more, I know personally, more and more of me gets revealed, and more and more of me gets peeled back. That's what and I get does, to yeah. to interact with who Jesus is in a in a deeper way by Him showing me myself. And it's like, oh, I need to repent of that in turn, and and like really hand these things over to Him. So. On that aspect of reflection, and I mean, you could even go into scriptural reflection throughout sure. the week as well, too, if you want. But, you know, when people are coming and engaging on a Sunday or engaging online, um, how would you suggest they reflect? That's a great question. Um, I have a really bad habit at, of taking notes and not going back to them. Mm. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's really a dis- it, it is a discipline. Yeah. Right. Like what you're describing is a discipline of reflection. Mm. Um, I think that you need to. I think the value that the, the, the task is to actively listen. Mm-hmm. We have a, a house habit that participation is better than observation. observation. Yes. Yes. We encourage people to take notes because we expect the spirit of God to speak to them mm-hmm. about their circumstance, both through the word that's being preached, but also just as a result of being in the environment where the word is being preached, mm-hmm. like where, where Christ is being lifted up. Revelation is going to be right there. Yeah. And so I expect that God's going to speak to people about all kinds of things mm-hmm. uh, related to the sermon and completely unrelated to the sermon. Yeah. And so, so, um, as, as a, I, th- I think that, uh, wow, that's a really good question. I think if, when I'm taking notes, I mark actions mm. and I mark questions yeah. like with a circle or a square or mm-hmm. a star. I don't have a system cause I'm a little more chaotic than that, yeah. but it's like, I, I do mark it so that when I do go back and look at my notes, I'm like, oh yeah, I needed, I needed to be thinking about that thought. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a thought that needed a little more, needed a little more work and a little bit more reflection, a little more thinking about. So for me, it was like, as I've been thinking about the sermon, I'm like, where else is there interruption in scripture? Mm -hmm. But also where else is there interruption in my life that I fought? Yeah. Right. That, that was really a gift from God to, Mm -hmm. to bring about life. Yeah. But I saw it just as opposition. Yeah. And so I decided to hate it, despise it, argue against it, fight it. Right. Like, so like, so like, I think it's, I think it's committing time to go back and look at your notes and committing time to go back and listen, because it's probably not going to happen on accident. Mm -hmm. It might jump on you in the shower. It might get you as you're falling asleep, but more than likely in our distracted lives, that's all of us. Our our lives are so distracted. What happened on Sunday probably won't get any more attention than you gave it on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, unless you deliberately schedule time to go back and reflect on it. Gotcha. So, you know, if if I was coaching somebody, I'd probably say, you know what? I would make maybe your Monday morning devotion going back, not necessarily listening to the sermon again, do it if you need to, Mm -hmm. but going back and checking your own, like what did God speak to you during the sermon that bears either 
uh, action or reflection. Yeah. Uh, or or further study. Yeah, no, right? that's Because like like I did a Bible survey. I mean, we covered so much script, like so many different. <laughs> there was a lot. So yeah, so many different characters of <laughs> yeah, scripture. Yeah. And so maybe maybe a name came up that somebody had never thought of before, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody maybe somebody heard <clears throat> me say that the the disciples stole the kid's lunch or stole the donkey, and they're like, it, which they didn't steal it, but like they 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 ended up with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they told the dude, hey, hey we're the taking that donkey. He's a good the, looking donkey. The, the Lord needs it. Man, how big you how many people you think that donkey could fit? Like, <laughs> you think I you think I could ride it? You know? <laughs> yeah. So like maybe these maybe these stories stuck out and they were new to somebody. Yeah. Or me saying it is like like I did created interest or intrigue to to maybe inspire somebody to go in and learn more about it and mm-hmm. figure out, oh, what was he talking about? Yeah. I talked about Job. Uh, we talked about Abraham. We talked about Moses. like so. Yeah. Like you, you might go, man. I, I want to learn more about this person. Learn more about this chaos that, that David was describing. And mm-hmm. then, and then now, now the exercise has joined itself, right? It, like into our integrated life. Like it, the, the, it's not just a sermon that sat all by itself. I've listened. I listen to podcasts and TED talks and different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And 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 very often. It's nothing more than what it was when I listened to it. Yeah. And, but the word of God d- deserves more intentionality than that. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. So taking notes, reflecting on the notes yeah. and setting up schedule the time, time. Like, yes. schedule the time, <laughs> put it on your calendar, yeah. however you keep track of time, like put, yeah. put it there and then make it a rhythm. Yes. Oh, that, that, that's, yeah. that's so so like, yeah. like if it's a money, the, the, I mean, the rhythm of it, yeah. you know, who does this really, really well is, is Wayne. Yes. Wayne. Yes. Wayne's like, Hey, I was reviewing my notes. About other things, like, well, he's like reviewing my notes about this meeting or that meeting or this sermon or that sermon. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and God's really drawing this up. I feel like Wayne could probably teach a class on how to actively listen, reflect, and grow through the preached word. Yeah. I mean, he does it mm, as good as anybody as I've ever met. Like, I don't know anybody who does, does a better job yeah. of being a student of the preached word than Wayne. Wow. So maybe we should bring him on. And we should. That'd be great. Let's actually do that. Let's do it. Awesome. You hear that, Wayne? Um, and and, and I think it was I I love the you said one part when when you were just answering you said this aspect of where we have fought interruption where God was trying to bring life Mm -hmm. and it it was wild because you know as we were preparing for this and I was you know reviewing the the message and re-listening to it and things like that I actually thought of a time in my life I almost died like it was funny a couple weeks ago uh, some of the students asked well what's the closest you've come to death yeah (laughs) because they know I've been saying I remembered uh, a story I was two years old and I literally jumped in a swimming pool and I couldn't swim. That's awesome. I almost drowned also. I read, so, yeah. so get this. The way my dad describes it, he sees it happen. As he's getting up, by the time he realizes that he needs to get up, my mom's diving in the water. <laughs> like, awesome. like to save me. All of her clothes are, but, but that interruption as a two-year-old, I probably thought it was the most chaotic. Like, why did you do that? I was fine. I was doing what I wanted. <laughs> But it literally <laughs> saved my life. You're like, I'm, I'm swimming. Yes, yeah, so like I'm doing I'm freaking this. swimming right now. And, and it just reminded me. It's just like, how often do we do that in our oh, day-to-day gosh. life? So, so that aspect he's of reflection is us from chaos. He's literally interrupting you to save your life. He's like, don't touch wow. the stove, don't jump in the water, don't how swim with the sharks, don't run into the fire. Everything's not fine. You're not okay in there. You're not fireproof. <laughs> 
stop it. I love this so much. So I'm going to add one one thing to your previous question about how we can reflect on it. Yeah, I yeah. said I made it very individualistic. I think talking to people about it would be helpful too. Oh wow! Because you yeah. just blew my mind. Right? Yeah. Like 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 yeah. like it's like your experience with the sermon was different than my experience with it, mm-hmm. and I've grown from yours wow. now yeah. in mm-hmm. a way that benefits me. Like sometimes the interruption actually just totally saved our life. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, So like biblically, mm-hmm. like lot is hanging out in Sodom yeah. and he's just chilling with his family, yes. making his money, living his life. Yeah. And then the angels go and the chaos is unleashed. And Abraham's like, like rescue him. And, and lots like, come on, man, get all. I'm sure he wanted to stay there. He yeah. Cause like, lot, I, got, I got a good life here, bro. Like, like, Cause he chose the better land. What, what are you like, talking about? He chose the good land. Like yeah. when they, when Abraham and him had this, when, when they split ways, yeah. Abraham's like, you, choose and he chose lot chose the better the, one the better one the beautiful yeah. one the, mm-hmm. the, the more comfortable the, one the grass was greater yeah literally literally greater <laughs> grass. and then and then his life was interrupted but he's rescued from destruction yes but i'm sure he wasn't happy about it oh yeah it's yeah. like man he lot would have had the tesla yeah lot, lot, he's like, I got my tesla. He, did have a tesla. Well, he had whatever the equivalent he of did. a tesla, he did. tesla would have been i love that um you know something else you said as well to you when near, near the end of the sermon you said in these moments of interruption and you gave this great analogy it's just like have you ever tried to argue with a toddler oh. it's like yeah that was off the top man. I, I, I loved so, it it was it was amazing you gave this analogy you're like we need to respond humbly when God interrupts us because if you can't win an argument with a toddler what makes you think you're gonna win an argument <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I, like crap, yeah, you're, yeah, touche. So I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie. I, I got halfway through that and I was like, this is not gonna work. And so Jesus rescued me in that moment because it was like I was talking about arguing with a toddler. I didn't want to. I, I wanted, to, and I was like, oh no, am I gonna make it seem like God is like a toddler? It's like no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Toddlers are powerless. Yes. And we can't win an argument over yes. them. So it came across well. So instead of a metaphor of sameness, it was a metaphor of distinct, like differentness. Yes, exactly. And so if we can't win that argument, how, how do we, how on earth can we contrive the idea that we would win an argument against the living God from whom everything came and yeah. by which everything is held together? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So all that to say, how do we cultivate a lifestyle or habit of responding humbly because oftentimes our, our first response is not, this is God doing a thing. This is God. He's still moving in the background. He's still sovereign. He's still going to do it. It's Todd and accounting is a jerk and I don't like him <laughs> or, 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 or Julio stole my lunch and I saw him do it because yeah. I, cause I saw the crumbs on his mouth and I know yeah, only my yeah, food yeah, had yeah. that type of crumbs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like bro, like, like, so how, how would we respond Especially like through conflict with other yeah. people, because I think that's, you know, external circumstance, debt, you know, our own passions, things of that yeah. nature. You yeah. know, it's snowing outside. It's Denver. Sure. Great. Yeah. Um, but how to re- respond humbly in those moments, understanding that God is going to leverage this for his glory and our good to bring us life. Yes. When it's hard. Well, and, and, and sometimes we do have to stand for the thing that we're sometimes in conflict we have to stand for the position that we're taking yeah and but we could still do that humbly yeah because humble humility is a disposition yeah not like not like the end of the matter right like it's not the solution it's the disposition to whatever solution needs to come about yeah the single greatest 
summary of some, so C.S. Lewis talks about humility yeah, and people summarize his thoughts about humility by saying it's thinking not less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. Mm. Yeah. Right. So in conflict, if, if we apply loving our neighbor, yeah. which we, which we've been talking about with the good Samaritan, um, if we, if we think of it in terms of loving our neighbor, it's really an invitation to want for other people what we want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, it's trying to understand, like, what do I want for myself? I want progress in different ways. Yeah. Right. I want to be seen in different ways. I want to be heard in different ways. I want to be loved in different ways. And and other people want the same want the same things. Yeah. So I think I think in light of in light of God's admonition to love Him and to love our neighbor as ourself, we need to begin to lead with the question, what is, what is this other person needing or wanting in this situation more than they're just a jerk, mm-hmm. right? Todd in accounting might be a jerk because we, I haven't turned in my, my receipts. Yeah. Like my, my performance is bad. Yeah. Everything else. So he's not being, a, he's trying to do his job, yeah. but he's a jerk to me because he's, he's hindering my progress and what I want to do, yeah. but he's really trying to do his job. And when I can, when I can figure out what it is that Todd's needing to do, it makes it easier for me to work with Todd. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's as real life as it can get, right. Yeah. That there have been conflicts I've had with people professionally where it's like, I just want to hate them. But when I re- like, but then it's like, oh, they're really just trying to do their job. Mm-hmm. Well, they're trying to actually do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And what they're supposed to do right now is interrupt me. Yeah. So I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So they can do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So that together the, the organization can move forward. So I think, man, I wish there was an easier way. I think, I think it's just to continually, I think it's when we're in conflict, if we can use conflict as like an indicator on the dashboard of our soul. Mm-hmm to ask Jesus to help us love our neighbor. Gotcha. And by that, I mean, figure out to want for them what we want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that'll help lead us in, in whatever action. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, no, I, took a, I took a phone call last week that, you know, I knew, I knew somebody was going to, yeah, I knew it was going to be a complex conversation. I knew it was going to be complicated. And I, quite honestly, I didn't want to take, I did not want, I did not want it. Not one bit. Mm -hmm. But the thought, what would I want for myself in their situation? Mm -hmm. Got me on the phone. Yeah. And getting on the phone with that disposition, what would I want if I was that person? I want that for them. Yeah. Actually turned into a beautiful conversation. Yeah. And so I think I'm sad to loving our neighbor. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's real good. That's a really, real good answer. Um, yeah. Last question, I think. Okay, great. What would you say? And I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. What, what would you say to someone, new believer, walking with Jesus, walking with Jesus forever, okay. who's, who's heard this sermon, listened to this podcast and been like, all right, cool. Interruption. Yeah. There's something to it. Yeah. I, like, like there's, there's definitely something here. Yeah. What would you say the greatest something is for them to take away from, from it? I would say it's not over yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. like whatever your circumstance is, whatever pain you're experiencing or confusion, 
um, whatever the chaos and the churning of life you're currently experiencing, I'd say maybe in places where you put a period, God would have put a comma. Wow. Or even a, a semicolon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hyphen. Maybe an ellipse, a hyphen. Like, like the, 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 the thought isn't, isn't over yet. And if you haven't yet experienced the peace of God in the first half of the sentence, I would ask God to reveal to you what the second half of the sentence is. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And the second half of the sentence is going to be the promise of God. So a biblical lament starts with an acknowledgement of God's presence, the pain and the frustration, the confusion, just an honest assessment of how difficult things or how horrible things seem to, to the person writing. Mm-hmm. And then an acknowledgement of God's coming um, coming justice, coming righteousness, coming holiness mm-hmm. is solution. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that that pattern would be a very helpful pattern for every kind of person in difficult circumstances. Not to just like write it off. Like, like if somebody's, if somebody's passed away, like being like, I mean, what you didn't hear me say when your mom passed away, yeah. like was, you know, Hey, God's going to use this. I would punch you in the face. I know. Right? Yeah. Like, right? like who, I lo- as much as I love you, I would like, punch you right yeah, in the face. Yeah. 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 Like, I wasn't like, it was like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that's, that's not nonsense. Yeah. But my effort was to help you see that there's, it's a comma. Yeah. Without like taking away from the current pain mm-hmm. to acknowledge that there's an author still writing something. Yeah. Right. And we can't you like, cause so like, we can't make it like the, the chaos is real. It's there. It's not, yeah. we're not talking about pretending it's not there. That'd be Bonkers. hypocritical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like something different than Christianity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, let's invite the author into this sentence. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I do some writing. Sometimes I sit on a sentence for a while. Wow. I just sit on it hmm. and let it sink in and try and un, like, like I give it time to sit. Speakers do this. Like good speakers will use pauses to, to, drive, to drive home a point. So yes. they'll, they'll be speaking, 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 pause. And in that gap, we've had our own thoughts. We've had our own wrestling. We've had our own continuation of the sentence. Mm-hmm. A comedian will take it in another direction. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, again, just bend it back over on itself mm-hmm. for humor. Yeah. Um, uh, a gifted pastor might you, you go in exactly the same line or mm-hmm. in another direction to yeah. bring about comfort or revelation or realization. Yeah. Right. And so um, I'd say he, he's not done yet. It's good, man. Kind of mixed metaphors. I know we we're, we're. I mean, we're probably long on time now, but that's fun. Yeah. It's so, so David does. Uh, so David does. David does cubing. Yes. So, yes. So my son does does cubing. He's freaking amazing. And he's at it. so good at it. I mean, his he's, his average time is almost down into the teens now, and he's just like, like it's it's silly. So David, if you're watching this, I still haven't solved the Rubik's cube. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it takes me so long with the, with the, like they've got a program on an app that yeah. tell you every move to make if you take pictures of each side. So, but it still takes me forever. What? Yeah. AI's so, doing. Yeah, it's Rubik's doing Rubik's cubes now. now. So, but when he's solving the cube, there are moments early on in the solve that it's like, oh, he's almost done, mm-hmm. and then he messes it up on his way to finishing it. So yeah. if you don't know what's going on, like he'll get a full side mm-hmm. and then he messes up the full side. Like I've always thought 
no, no, the full side. Now we get another the full, full side. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get another full side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's much more chaotic than that. Wow. It solves to a side. And then he messes up that side mm-hmm. to, to, to bring the other, whatever, five sides of the, of the cube. Yeah. Into alignment with where it's trying to go, which is all the way solved. Yeah. Right. So, so I, yeah, it's just, the sentence isn't over. Like sometimes we think we're, we're closer to the end than we think we are because we see a finished side. Yeah. And then we get really angry when the side gets messed up, but mm-hmm. really God is setting up the, so that all six sides are going to be finished yeah. and not just one. Wow. We would much rather one be solved right now. Oh yes, of course. Than six solved yes. later. Mm-hmm. But God is more interested in the six than the one. Yeah. The, the completeness of it versus the, the, the segmented, this piece is okay, but yeah. the rest of me is like absolutely destroyed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, this part's good. Don't touch this part. Yeah, don't and he's touch like, it. He's like, I'm going to fix all six of them. Yeah. So I'm going to touch it. Yeah. And that's the interruption. It's just like, cause, cause I, that's, I mean, even when you're saying that, you know, in my life, if there's been this side that is, that is perfect and it's, everything's going right and things like that, it's just like, okay, good. But God's trying to bring complete wholeness to me. Yeah. He always has this tendency to put his hands on that. And I'm like, <laughs> he does. Why? I, I had it. It was, it was perfect. I wish we had a cube. Cause like, cause like you were looking at a cube, you, yeah. you're looking at the one side yeah. that you think is perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're acting like the whole thing's solved. You're like, yeah. I've got it figured out. Yeah. It's like, man, the other sides are chaos. That's, that's really funny. And, and I mean, even that aspect of perspective of how we're able to see things, you know, at my Devo this morning, I was, um, I was reading Matthew and it's, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> Peter, you're the rock on the sh- of the church. Oh, Get yeah. behind me. Satan. <laughs> like, like, like a few citizens apart. And you know, what yeah. I wrote in my notes was, when Peter had the revelation of who Jesus was, he was keeping his eyes on the things of heaven. Mm-hmm. When he got referred to as Satan, he yeah. was solely focused on that one side, that one yeah. humanistic side of it. And it's just like trusting God in the sense of, of knowing that, that he's doing all the things because he has a so, so, so much greater of a perspective. So yeah. He can see all of the sides. Yep. He knows, he knows what's he going on. And just being reminded that we only can see one side sometimes. Yeah, absolutely true. And and learning to be okay with that. So good. That discomfort and really becoming comfortable and almost joyous even yeah. with the interruption. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think at our most mature, yeah. it'll be interest or intrigue. Yeah. To see, I wonder what I wonder what God is up to. To be able to ask that question, mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder what God is up to. Not yeah. to answer. I think we'll answer it. Sometimes we answer it wrong, yeah. and we run with it, and only to find out later that's not at all what He was up to. Yeah. Uh, if we're mature about that, we accept it, and we're, we're happy that He was up to something different. Mm-hmm. If we're immature, the temporary meaning that we assign to our pain or our chaos, yeah, makes us angry. Yes, very, very much so. Right? This is, this is, <laughs> yes. but, I, but I think there's probably a really mature place in Jesus where we can go, God, this feels awful. The, the, the chaos of this moment, the churning of the ocean mm-hmm. is eating me up. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, he's slamming me on the ground. It's like putting sand in my swimsuit. Mm-hmm. It's like sand in my mouth. The water tastes gross. Like it's just a no more sand analogies. It's, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> it's, the wor- it's the worst. It's the worst. But God, how are you going to bring life out of this? Yeah. How are you going to bring about your will through this? How is this going to 
glorify you and be for my greater good because that's what scripture promises this will do yeah and then being okay not having an answer yet that's what i think job like didn't have an answer yet like his wife his his wife was like curse god and die dude like like i didn't want i didn't want to bring any marital conflict into the sermon on sunday but like like curse god and die it's like good god like that's a tough day when your wife when that's your wife's counsel to you and he's like no i'm gonna yeah stay the course Mm. that's amazing man yeah that's really good well, man, that's all I got today. No, that's so good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for the conversation. I, I, I think, yeah, that uh, this is valuable to me. I hope it brings value yeah. to you as well as we know, trust and follow Jesus together. Yeah, guys, we'll see you next time. And don't forget, you can listen to this on the podcast or you can actually listen to this on YouTube as well, too, if you actually wanted to watch it and see all of our wild facial expressions. Yeah, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in the video. Yeah, yeah there's a whole lot so. happening. Well, y'all, we love you so much and we'll mm-hmm. see you Sunday. Bye, guys.